Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Riverdale Recap Podcast. Today, we will be talking about the 18th episode of Riverdale Season 4, Lynchian. I am Mary Kukowski, and I'm joined, as always, by quite literally the only person who's keeping me sane right now, <laughs> and the only person that I get to talk to outside my family. So, Kirsten McKinnis, how are you doing this evening? Aw, Mary, that's so sweet. Oh, my goodness. But just for the record, we have other friends that you could talk to. I'm happy to be your support. I'm happy to talk to you we could also we could set up some group calls we we could add more people to your life they could come on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) i love the idea that mary will only talk to someone if they come on kowski cast so if you need to have a difficult conversation with mary you get in touch with me and we will start you on kowski cast i can see now akiva wanting to come on to talk about fan fiction with you or like i don't know your landlord coming on to be like there's been some noise complaints but you won't talk to me there have not been any actually someone did bang on i well i don't know it was like probably 12 30 on maybe like a tuesday night and i kind of thought i heard someone maybe like banging on the wall but like they could have just been moving something in their apartment i wasn't sure it didn't sound obvious but i heard a noise and i realized that it was late and i had been listening to a record and i probably should have it wasn't like super loud but it was a little loud so i turned it down and i feel really self-conscious but anyway i'm sorry uh, that i touched this nerve for you that's okay but look i mean kirsten hannah mike bloom these are the only people I've been talking to besides like work people for the most part. So yeah, if you want to come on the podcast, if you are a, a, a famous, <laughs> I was going to say a famous person. Mary will that. only talk to famous people. No, if you're a podcaster and you would like to pop on and go through the Riverdale treatment, how are you hearing about this episode? Because you should, let's rephrase this. If you were someone, if you're a listener and you would like to recommend someone that you think we should have on the podcast for a guest star, and give the Kirsten and Mary Riverdale treatment and recommend them. Yeah, tag them in a tweet. <laughs> Go at KowskiCast, at Frail Mary, and at Kirsten Said What, and then at the, the podcaster that you think should come on with us and let them know that they should come on and then we will, you know, slide into those DMs and we will do the rest. Yeah, we've decided this is a thing now. Yeah, it's our new series. We spoil right. people on Riverdale. We just find better podcasters than us and we spoil them. Well, look, as we discussed a serial killer is not a serial killer unless they kill at least three people right and so this was not a thing until we had at least three people on now technically Puya was on for an actual episode <laughs> he, and he yeah, actually Puya watched watches the show but... we can't spoil him but but i, I did crop his got... face onto a logo so it counts <laughs> i think we've got a few more uh, tricks up our sleeve to get podcasters on this and i am not i'm not concerned we will definitely continue our our mo oh i'm excited to hear about these <laughs> tricks up your sleeve that I didn't know about. I'm excited. Look, there's at great. least one that you definitely do know about, but it's probably like foggy in the back of your brain. And I'll remind oh, okay. you at the end of this podcast. All right, great. Yes, let's keep so, the suspense. Yes, shall we talk about uh, Riverdale? Yeah, sure. Uh, we've bantered for a solid three minutes, so I think it's time. Plus an hour before. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, and that's and that's really what the reference at the beginning was talking about. It's not just the time we're podcasting. It's the time you have to put up with me for an hour before the podcast <laughs> where I get everything off my chest for the week. And then we talk about Riverdale. We all <laughs> need to get stuff off of our chests right now. And especially with this bughead, Riverdale, which actually this is not like an important plot point, but Riverdale got a shout out in Never Have I Ever on Netflix, the new series that oh, just really? dropped. It, it gets brought up a couple of times and they show a scene from an episode of Riverdale at one point. 
Which which episode? Which scene? It is when Betty is in like the blue dress from a dance and she's talking to her mom about how she's like not like her and wants to live her own life. I don't remember the episode specifically, okay. but I saw it Fair and I was enough. like, I've seen this before. Uh, it'd be crazy if they had gotten the Riverdale actors to film a scene of a fake episode. So I, I'm pretty sure it's real and it's incredible. So uh, it gave me warm, fuzzy feelings towards Riverdale. So never have I ever. Yeah, sure. Look, we can do the recommendation at the front of the podcast. That's Never what Kristen have I ever is recommending. Really good. I watched all okay. ten episodes yesterday, all in a row. And that's Netflix, right? It's on Netflix, and it, Mindy Kaling created it. It's incredible. It was perfect, and everyone Great. needs to watch it immediately. That's your recommendation. My recommendation. I'll give a real one and a fake one. Okay. The thing I watched on Netflix yesterday was Hot Rod because it was a hot rod kind of evening. Okay, and my sister had never seen it, and I needed something a little bit stupid in my life. So that's what I did yesterday. But actually, Riverdale Connection. I was watching a scene and I was like, hmm, this guy looks a little familiar. Let me do a little quick Google. Yep, Pop Tate. Pop Tate makes a <laughs> surprise appearance in Hot Rods. So look, he may be the most normal person in Riverdale and he's also the most normal person in Hot Rods. So there you go. The other one that I would like to recommend here is for the first time in several months, we have a fan fiction corner. So we're just going to take a little trip to fan fiction corner. Oh, okay. Brrr, fan fiction corner. <laughs> yes, thank you. So I just discovered this website <laughs> I was just perusing the internet and it is called the blue and gold office blue and gold office.tumblr.com and the purpose of this site is for people who like thought that they read a particular Riverdale fan fiction actually I'm not even it might be exclusively bughead fan fiction I think <laughs> there's a whole tumblr for this if you have read a bughead fan fiction but you can't remember what it was like maybe you remember oh there was this particular scene but I don't know what it was called you can describe it and then a person will hunt it down and find it for you so I found this site and I was just reading through the recommended things that people had been looking at and one of them was called sweetest little part of destiny by can't tell who it's written by it says sing song sung so maybe that's who it was written by anyway it's on archive of our own you need to admit that you created this tumblr that the blue not, and gold office is you i was intrigued i did not in, i don't have time for that but i was intrigued and i also i was not i had not lost any bughead fan fiction because i know how to favorite a fan fiction if i like it and how to follow it so i don't lose them but anyway so i i read almost all i think i have one chapter left of this fan fiction it's a little bit it's a little bit of a strange premise the premise is like betty and jughead are roommates several years uh, after after um, I don't know college or something I'm not really sure when it's supposed to take place kind of fuzzy on how old they're supposed to be but anyway they're living together and Betty wants to have a child with like a sperm donor and then th things happen from there but it's it's interesting I've been reading a lot of like fan fictions about people having children I'm not sure what that's telling me about myself maybe that I'm lonely I mean, I'm lonely too, but not for children. Yeah, well, like staying away from children is like the one benefit of this whole thing. I know that that's true. Anyway, okay. Well, there anyway, you go. so there's recommendation corner. Uh, it's pretty okay written. It's not like it's not the worst, but it's not the best. I think I think it's fine. I feel like most fan fiction is written so badly that when you find one that's written like kind of okay, you're like, yeah. oh my god. And I feel like everyone, the only place where I've ever seen like really well written fan fiction is like Harry Potter has some really incredible, yeah, like authors really well. writing really good fan fiction. But I don't think I've ever read like a very well written 
written one about anything else. No, I I read a really well written Smallville fan fiction once a long time ago, and and fan fiction fiction is tricky because uh, like I, I I can't describe exactly what I what I like, but when I find it, I like it. And this one, I think, I mean, I'll I'll be honest, I skipped the first four chapters because I wasn't feeling them, and then later on when I got to like chapter ten, I went back and read the first four chapters again because I felt like I lost some context clues, which is also what I don't why I don't know like when this is supposed to have taken place. But I think for me, it's like if there's nice long chapters and it seems like you're actually developing a story and you don't just like jump to the climax and then end it on the next. There's nothing I hate more than a fan fiction that has a a climax of the story at chapter 10 out of 12 and then like one chapter fallout and then a really quick one year later. It's like, stop. You could, you could keep, you could keep going. You gotta read a slow burn, you know? Like you, you need it. You, you can't just rush things okay i know that's what i'm saying anyway plus the climax is always like the ghoulies coming in and killing someone in these riverdale fan fictions okay well anyways if there's any fan fiction writers of riverdale fan fiction here come on guys do some do better or write a sequel that's fine too yeah or write a sequel or write something unique like when we were looking for Brett and Betty fan fiction and none exists. Be the first Someone's to do something do that. like that. How does that like how does that not exist? I don't know, but we are going to get to that because I have some Brett talking points later in this episode. Ooh, so, foreshadowing. Okay. Right, but before we can foreshadow, we're going to read the Jughead voiceover. Okay. Because Go. that's how we do things. And plus, if anyone is like me and was a little bit foggy on exactly what Lynchian meant, luckily this episode starts out with the definition. Lynchian. Adjective to describe something inspired by the noted American filmmaker David Lynch and or to describe something that is both incredibly macabre and incredibly mundane. Also, River status quo, reaching new depths of perversion with the discovery of a videotape in which someone wearing a mask of me is bludgeoned to death by someone wearing a mask of my girlfriend. There we go. Yeah, so we're going to talk about this more later because we're not going to start with the Jughead stuff, but gotta say, glad that we didn't get an up-close, zoomed-in shot of this scene again because I didn't need to see it. Uh, yeah, again, that was like the creepiest thing we've possibly ever seen on this show, and I don't like that it, like, it had to come back, but I don't like that it had to come back I felt like that Jughead voiceover was just so weird like they just knew that the average Riverdale watcher wasn't gonna know what Lynchian meant and they wanted to make it the episode title well you're calling me out but I still don't really get it so I understand that David Lynch is an American director and I understand that they mentioned several of his films throughout this episode but I don't know that I've ever seen any of them and so I'm not sure that I completely understand what that style is I'm not like a big film guy so I I probably wouldn't even know if I had seen like a, a David Lynch. You don't film. frequent the the Blue Velvet. Uh, if I was gonna rent videos, it wouldn't be from that freaking scary dungeon. That place was scary. So they, I think they had to do it because it was the only way to like make sense of the episode title for most people. Yeah, it's fair enough. So anyway, before we get back to the meat and potatoes of the episode, let's jump to the side. <laughs> let's to the side where your drink is. Yes, you're let's wrong. Talk- <laughs> rum right let's talk about Hiram and Veronica and the rum trade and the Malloys and all that nonsense Uh. 
Mrs. Malloy. Somebody will get that reference. Okay, so Hiram is happy. Hello, Dolly. No one? It's good times. I'm still uncomfortable. Yeah, Hiram is whistling. He is. (laughs) You know, I thought I corrected it on my notes. It still says whispering. Let's try that again. (laughs) I literally erased the word and wrote whispering again. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hiram is happy. He is whistling. He comes in. And Veronica's like, oh, daddy, you seem to be in good spirits today. And And he's like, spirits like a rum. See what I did there? He's like, I have tapped into a new market for Lodge Rum. And we are going to be supplying to the Grande Casino chain. And uh, you never thought of it. And Veronica's like, I did think of it. And I chose not to do business with Elio's shady ass. But at least, which like probably has its own downsides. But the casino business in general, I feel like is much more equipped to handle rum than college students, which is what she goes for. Okay, by calling it Maple Claw, it's obviously like a play on on White Claw. Yes. White Claw is a vodka seltzer mixed drink. I get the impression yes. that Maple Claw is just like a cheaper spiced rum. Wait, is is White Claw vodka? I always just thought it was a malt beverage. I actually don't know. <laughs> White Claw hard seltzer. I'm pre- It's like a vodka soda. Oh, I did not think it had vodka in it. I wasn't sure. I mean, I don't know if it has actual vodka in it, but it tastes like vodka soda. I'm going to look this up. What's ingredients? What? Carbonated water, alcohol, cane sugar, natural flavor, citric acid. It just says alcohol. Yeah, it's alcohol. So I don't think it is, I don't think it's necessarily is vodka. Well, but like it's made to taste like a vodka soda is the the whole point. Gotcha. I thought it was made to taste like an alcoholic water. (laughs) Yeah, it's like an alcoholic hard seltzer. But like to me, it's just like vodka goes with seltzer, you know? Yeah, it's just the the reality that I live in. And uh, I'm not a vodka girl myself, so. I am. I feel like we've been through this. I did, with the help of my family, drink a bottle of rum over this quarantine but it was in in mojito form so yep that was good times i like to put frozen fruit in my mojitos tastes good frozen fruit and just any like blended drink is good so right so she's tapped into the college crowd and my first instinct is like this is not your target market well at least you made a a rebrand but i feel like college kids the whole deal with college kids and drinking i i assume she meant like 21 year olds were buying it Mm -hmm. because the whole thing with college is it's like you buy the cheapest stuff that is easy to get your hands on like there's a reason that a lot of people look down on brunettes speaking of vodka do you have brunettes in uh canada no i was gonna i I was just gonna ignore it in your notes and hope it didn't come up i was like i don't know what this is yeah sorry to any of our listeners who are big brunettes fans in my opinion like i just had you know some hard times in college with it's just like the cheapest vodka that you can get and it has a lot of flavors so here everyone would just be drinking smirnoff okay see Smirnoff is at least one to two steps up from brunettes. It's just, it's like, uh, brunettes is Worse like you could buy a handle. Smirnoff? You could buy a handle of brunettes a lot of times on sale for like 12 bucks. So yes. Yeah. It's bad. Anyway. And my sister told me when I went to college, she was like, just get the vanilla brunettes and mix it with Coke and it'll taste like a vanilla Coke. No, no, no. It yeah. tastes like nail polish remover. Those flavored vodkas are not good. It's worse than that. You have to understand that I was really into vanilla. My shampoo was vanilla. My body wash was vanilla. Like my deodorant. And after that night with the vanilla vodka, I had to throw out all of my stuff and get different scents. I've slowly been able to bring some of it back in, but I still can't use vanilla deodorant. And this was seven years ago. So 
I mean, I'm going to say it right now. Uh, vanilla, like, body scents are overrated heavily anyways. Yeah, I think I just like, I like to smell like a cookie. Okay. Anyway, well, I was smell young. like a different kind of cookie now. So, yeah. yeah, we get a scene of Veronica and Cheryl, and they are uh, providing three cases of maple claw to some college boys, because this is definitely how college students shop for alcohol. So, I, th- I was really confused, because I thought that, like, first off, I thought the whole point of the maple room or whatever it's called maple club was that she was like vetting the people before they came in like she would go meet them at other places first make sure they were legit and it just seems weird that like random college kids are able to come in and the doors open and also the fact that i see i didn't realize this was like bottles of rum at first i thought she had made a rum based product that was similar to a white claw yeah that's and so what i was I like thought. three cases isn't very much okay but that's what party. i thought but then when we saw like the bottle it, it clearly is just like a cheap rum right right yeah yep or am i crazy here no it's i think it's definitely just a cheaper version of their rum and so cheryl is asking she's like what happened to quality always which i guess was their slogan i don't remember that was like one of the first things that they said when they went into business and then some like sketchy older dudes come in really scary they are terrifying people like the one guy looks almost exactly like the guy who veronica killed on halloween they're they're the malloy family mrs malloy jinx malloy and i just can't stop sorry and they uh, they make maple moonshine, which none of them have heard about. And so I would like to say, are you from this area? Do you have your own competing maple business with the Blossom Maple? Or like, do they buy their maple syrup from the Blossoms? Yeah, because I feel like the Blossoms could just stop supplying it. Do they make their own? Do they? And also maple, maple moonshine sounds horrible. Sounds almost as bad as maple rum. I have had moonshine one time in my life. Same. And it was apple pie flavored moonshine. And it tasted very good. Better than I could imagine a maple moonshine would taste. But do you know what did not taste good? Waking up and remembering the parts of the night before that I did remember. Don't drink moonshine, guys. Just don't do it. Yeah, moonshine's rough. I also just feel like... Also, don't play beer pong with moonshine. Oh, that yeah, that's there's a weird that was, there's that a reason was, it's called beer pong. There was a start. That was the start of everything going downhill. Also, I just feel like maple rum and maple moonshine are two different markets. But maybe I'm wrong. I think I it's know. just college kids like to drink the sweetest possible thing. Maple flavored alcohol is definitely the sweetest thing I can imagine. Ew. Okay, I'm I'm sick of this plotline already. Anyway, Penelope's also there, and she's still wearing her mask. And oh I my god. How so scary i forgot it existed and so it's like when that happened i had to like pause the episode and and be afraid for a moment so veronica sort of rightly suspects that her father is behind this turns out he's not Okay. But the guys trash their place at night. They come back. They Luckily, they don't like beat them up or anything. There's a really weird scene where Mrs. Blossom is like, I was asleep. They could have molested me or whatever. Yeah. And Cheryl's like, oh, my poor mother. Yeah. I'm like, she tried to kill everyone last year. Are, have we just forgotten yeah, about that so completely? I, I guess at this point, Penelope is just part of the rum business and just lives at the Maple Club. And it's no longer a like, hey, this is where you'll be punished 
for trying to kill everyone kind of no, situation. No, she's just, she's just hanging. So whatever. So Veronica confronts her dad and he's like, wait, the Malloys? No, they're bad guys. They, I don't even deal with them because they're competitors. He's like, I tried to deal with them once and they're serious business. Yeah, I'm surprised that he hasn't tried to take them out yet then if they're serious competitors. Well, he's, he's too busy competing with his daughter. Yeah, I guess. And then, and then it's kind of nice. Veronica's like, oh, okay, never mind, dad. Like, I don't want to involve you. If, if you're not involved in this, like, you should probably stay out of it because I don't know if you're strong enough to go up against them. And then Hiram goes to a bar that's, or a pub that literally just says pub. Oh and God. he beats up one of the younger Malloys and he brought a gun, but he decides not to shoot him. So he's walking back to his car and like, obviously the guy sneaks up behind him and kicks him a lot. And it's like, it seems really violent. Yeah, beats the crap out of him. It was like a lot more violence than, like, I know we see a lot of fights on Riverdale, but this one just felt a little bit different, like a little bit darker somehow. Because Hiram was like completely helpless against the ground partially. It, it was like very intense for Riverdale. And and then Veronica comes home and like the there's like bloody handprints and smears of blood everywhere. And so like Hiram came home in the middle of the night covered in blood and nobody noticed or heard him or anything. Yeah. And so he could have died. Sort of patching him up and, and he's like, I was weak. I, I let the guy go. I had a gun. I didn't even shoot him or I could have finished him or whatever. And then Cheryl quits the rum business, which I think is definitely just because it's the end of the season and they have other things they need to do and they need to wrap up the rum so stuff. So is Penelope going to continue living at the Maple? It's, I room. have no idea and neither do the writers. They, later, Veronica talks about needing to buy Cheryl out. Can you explain that to me? Like, is she buying the rights to the rum or something? So I don't really I, understand. I think what happened was this was a business that Veronica and Cheryl owned together and had both put a lot of capital into. And so Cheryl, like, withdrawing from the company means that she is taking her assets with her so a lot of money and so then Veronica does not have enough capital to keep the money like to keep the company running and so she needs an influx of cash from okay so but it seems like Cheryl is fine with Veronica continuing to make maple rum well yeah no blossom maple she she just literally doesn't own it anymore and she wants out of the business so I think it was just like removing her from the business so that it can continue to exist without having you know Cheryl pop up later being like I left and then I am owed all of these profits that you made because you whatever and so like I think she's just no longer going to be a part owner of the business what I'm a little confused about is so at the end of the episode Veronica is like you know like daddy I realized that you've changed you finally turned over a new leaf when you didn't kill that guy so I want to work with you and and asks him for money and so when he gives her the money I'm like does he half own the rum now or did he just give her money and she's the sole owner I'm I think he's it's probably it's probably like a loan that she intends to pay him back with and that he's just giving her some temporary money that that would be my guess I I mean here's the thing there's a lot of stuff that like seemed like really big plot points like Hiram owing or giving her money or her giving him money over the last several seasons that were huge plot points several episodes spent to somebody needing to pay someone back I don't think that's the case this time I think we're not really supposed to read into it I don't see this thing coming back I think they're kind of on good terms okay one issue that came in here is that the one issue that does that does come up here is that Hiram we have a flashback where it turns out he did go and shoot Jinx Malloy the, the I guess the father or whatever yeah and but he doesn't tell Veronica about that another thing that is like a big plot point in a lot of seasons is people killing someone that usually comes back and means something I don't think this is gonna come back I don't think this I think this is gonna be a one and done the Malloy problem is taken care of that's my gut I think it's very convenient in this show when when murders come back to haunt people yeah 
I think that, you know, if the world wasn't in the situation it's in and the season got to end on the terms that they wanted it to end on, maybe we would see a little bit more from this. But as things stand with the reduction of episodes for the season, uh, it seems like they included this because it was supposed to be a whole episode, but we're not going to see it again is also my inclination. Right, right. That's my guess. So that's that's the end of that plot line. I know there's a lot we uh, that's up in the air about how this season's going to end, what's going to happen next season with some of the cast members leaving. I do think that Hiram is going to stick around for a little while. Maybe this will come back. Maybe he'll be the big bad. I kind of hope he's not. I kind of hope that it, he's... I, I think part of it is just like there are so many fathers that went bad in this show or died and aren't around anymore. And he's one of the few left. Like, let's not try to ruin everything. A little bit of tension. I, I, I liked it when Hiram was like, he's a good father to Veronica and he loves her and they get along, but he's a bad guy. I'm okay with that. What I don't like is the he's a bad guy to Veronica and to Archie and like the people who matter like go be a bad guy on the side and have this moral tension between her and him because she wants him to be on the straight and narrow and he's not much in the same way that like FP was with Jughead you know he's like dad you're you know I like you but you're in this gang and you are also involved in this murder and you're an alcoholic and then you know that that's interesting conflict I guess yeah without it being like literally my father wants to kill my boyfriend well I mean Archie did bring that on himself yes fair okay let's talk about tickling i would just like to make it be known that the fact that this has been a recurring plot point is horrifying to me yeah i am not okay with this here's what i like i like that these characters get a plot i like that we saw tony for the first time have a plot that had nothing to do with cheryl since she's been with cheryl i should say she used to have plots that had to do with jughead but probably forgotten that they were friends right i like that i don't like that all of the secondary characters you can only have plots together no you can't have scenes with the main cast no you get your own plot on the side here so that's a little annoying but basically reggie wants to get in on the tickling business because he sees they have money he does one video and is like money this is a cool thing but guys let's cut out the middleman let's do this on our own to which i would say number one setting up a website by yourself with a paywall more complicated than it sounds if you're joining a website program that has a paywall already that's a little bit easier but this is a little bit more complicated than these high school boys could probably spin up in one day. Yeah, I'm shocked that Reggie wasn't like, we could make our own Lonely Fans account. Yeah. And and that would have been <laughs> like a, a way around. I'm assuming that's what the close but no cigar would be for Only Fans. I, I don't think that Riverdale is going to mention Only Fans. I don't. I, I think, think it would that be would so funny if they had been like, yeah, we joined Lonely, Lonely fans. fans. Lonely Fans is my favorite new thing. Oh my gosh, Lonely Fans. <laughs> the one thing that I really got out of this before they make this video is Reggie comes in to ask them about what scam they have going on and he's like putting on an accent that I've never heard <laughs> Reggie speak with before like he's trying to be a tough guy it was very strange he's like trying to be original Reggie yes exactly like, oh yeah I'm the biggest prankster around I'll fake my own death to get Jughead back he's like this is gonna pay for our community college education which I guess is the selling point the thing that's complicated about this obviously it's gonna not end super great but a a big issue with it is guys having terry be the middleman is a good thing for a semi-questionable operation he's the one who's gonna get the heat you guys yeah maybe you're taking a little bit of a pay cut but for the most part you're not you're not the one in charge like that sometimes that can be a good thing high school students just take your money yeah it's just one of those things where it's it's very bizarre that they feel like they need to be uh 
uh, you know, really in charge of the whole situation. And so Kevin talks to Terry and he's like, I want to be done with this. I'm stressed that my dad's going to find out. I'm stressed about colleges and like my future. And Terry's like, okay, yeah, uh, I understand, which I feel like is not how that conversation would have gone anyways. But eh. also Terry kind of looks a little Jake Gyllenhaal. Just noticed that for the first time. I have not noticed that. But now I'm like, oh, do I have to go rewatch this episode to check out if this no, guy looks like, like Jake look at Gyllenhaal? a picture of him. I'm like legit wondering if they're related. Hold on. What is okay. Terry from Riverdale? Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Let me see who he is, who the actor is. No, Spencer Lord. Okay, well, look doesn't, up doesn't tell me anything. of Spencer Lord. Yeah, let's look up Spencer Lord. I just feel like he's got, I don't know, it, he looks like a young Gyllenhaal-esque. It's like the eyes, I kind of feel like. Let me send you a picture. Okay. Uh, what is happening I'm not sure what here? it is. Oh, I can see it. Like, I feel like in some pictures, his eyes look a little bit Gyllenhaal-y. And then in some pictures, it's, it's like absolutely not. I just I just looked it up. I looked up Jake Gyllenhaal. It's the eyebrows. That's what makes him look like it. He has the same eyebrows. Okay. Well, if he had if he had more of a five o'clock shadow, he would look even more like Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, there's a one right here where he has like quite a bit. Oh, of beardage. Of, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, so uh, just just thoughts. Also, in my notes, you can go ahead and just not make fun of me for how I misspelled Gyllenhaal later. It's fine. I, it's a hard name. I truly was never going to say a word about the Gyllenhaal aspect to your note. Okay. And I don't think you got it that wrong, to be honest. Okay, great. Thank you. Normally people, I feel like people always disagree with my takes of who I think people look like, but th- I felt like this one was a little spot on. So. I mean, I, I, I don't think he's like a dead ringer for him or anything like that, but I can see the resemblance. Like if you told me they were like second cousins, I'd be like, yeah. Oh yeah, I can see yes. that. Right. So Terry, so, you know, he, he takes it well. And then uh, Reggie recruits the football guys who are a little bit hesitant for like a second. Yeah. Cause they don't want to, they don't want to be tickled by men. They want women right. to be involved. And so Reggie says, Hey, I'll get the river vixens. And then Tony is like, no, we're not going to be tickled by your guys. We can do the tickling and the girls can be in charge for once, which I think is fine. That's, that's cool. They, they do that. And it's, it's fine. I, I think my question is, I kind of thought that the whole tickling thing that like the market Terry was tapping into was specifically all guys. And so I'm not sure why this is a problem that they're doing co-ed tickling. Um, I think it's just like tickling is Terry's business. Terry tickles and uh, anyone who steps on his business in any way is bad. Basically, this entire episode of Riverdale is all the subplots are people have businesses and other people don't like the competition <laughs> and they like to resort to violence <laughs> because yeah, of that. Yeah, that is very true. So Kevin is sitting at Pops eating a cheeseburger of fries and drinking a glass of milk, which is by far the most psychotic thing that happens in this scene. It's a cheeseburger with milk. And Terry comes and sits down with him and then two men reach over and grab his hands and they tell him that he will never tickle again if they don't give him a cut of the profits. They threaten to break his fingers. It is so It's not just a cut of the profits. They want 40%. It's crazy. So Kevin tells Fangs this and Fangs is like, nah. Wait, does he tell Fangs or does he tell Reggie? Sorry, he tells Reggie this. Yeah, he tells Reggie and Reggie's like, I'll take care of this. I'll take care of it. And so they go to the five seasons and Terry shows up to get his cut and Reggie's like if you had asked for 10% maybe we would have thought it was okay but you asked for 40 and then they basically threaten to beat him up with the football players and Terry's like nah big mistake so then Honey gets a phone call about the clandest 
clandestine online tickling ring. Okay. Uh, and at first I was like, I don't see why this is school business. It's not like illegal or anything. But the problem was that they were wearing school like uniforms, football uniforms and cheerleading uniforms. So I, I get that. That That is that honestly, is a problem. it's sad that those kids don't own any other clothing. It, yeah, it, that was a really dumb decision for them to do that. What's worse, that or Archie going to a wake wearing his bulldog's uniform? I think this is worse ethically speaking, but also Honey found out about this online tickling ring suspiciously fast. You would think that Terry would have contacted their parents, not their principal. Like, it's it's just a logical flaw. Because you were banking on the fact, I don't know, I'm also not really sure why they have to stop doing this. I kind of feel like just take down the couple videos you already have. I mean, it's only been like two days. Can you really have that many videos? Like, take down the ones that, you know, people who saw it, they paid for it, they saw it. Take down the videos and then make new ones that just don't have those uniforms in them. No big deal. Yeah, it, it I shouldn't. I don't think it's a problem. But I feel like they would be, they're just rattled by finding out that any adult in their life knows about it. Yeah, probably. So you get the feeling they kind of all just like quit the They're like, business. no more tickling. Right. So Kevin got into Carnegie Mellon. Good, good for him. Fangs is going to the University of Pittsburgh. And I had to quickly Google search where Carnegie Mellon was. It's also in Pittsburgh. He's going because it's close and they might actually get the opportunity to date like normal people. Yes. So that's kind of nice. Although I do kind of feel like I don't think they necessarily got back together in this episode. I think it was kind of more like, let's see what happens in college. So the show can go no, either way I with think that. Th- no, I think they've like been together this whole time, but they're like, what would it be like to date in a normal situation? It was kind of like the agreement. Yeah. Like, oh my God, we actually have a chance at a normal life. Yeah. So it, it's fine. Then they wonder if it was really Terry who ratted them out to Honey. I, I don't know. I kind of thought it was, but then we see Honey who is at the illicit video store that we'll get to in a little bit. Ugh, Honey, why'd you have to go weird? Yeah, Honey, you have been historically one of the most normal people in your short time on this show until today. I mean, we knew that it was coming to this point, so. Well, I, I, we knew that it, like the like roof or the floor was gonna fall out or whatever, but I did the floor not. Was gonna fall out? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I could have just said the other that's... shoe was gonna drop, but I'm yeah, that's stupid. <laughs> so I didn't. So yeah, we we all knew that the other shoe would likely drop, but I didn't think it would drop in this way. All right. Like, did so you let's... did you anticipate no. this weird VHS I... backroom bullshit? No, I I mean I did think that Honey was probably involved with the tapes just because two things came to town at the same time maybe they're connected but we'll get to that in a minute all right let's talk about barchi all right yeah more stuff i don't want to talk about so this episode (laughs) is like a lot of reminiscing for both of them archie now what what did you think of what did you think of little kid archie and little kid betty i thought they did a pretty good job casting them i thought i thought archie was better than betty is this the same betty who's been in the other flashback scenes i don't think so i think this is a different Uh, Betty. you should have warned me in advance before asking that question yeah I'm not sure. What it reminded me of, and this is so, like, stupid and dumb, but when I was in, like, kindergarten, grade one type situation, there was a little ginger boy in my class. His name was Eric. He was, like, my first grade boyfriend, and he asked me to marry him when we were small children, and this gave me warm flashbacks to being a small child and getting proposed to for the only time in my life. Oh, my god! And, like, I was a little blonde girl, and he was a little ginger, so it was, like, very adorable. That's that's very cute. Uh, okay, I Sorry. looked it up. There are two different actresses who played young Betty. And, and I'm wondering which one this was. Hannah Boss and Eden Summer Gilmore. 
honestly hard to tell which one was in this episode, so <laughs> not sure. Anyway, they kind of look similar. I do think it's two different actresses, one who played Betty, like, when she's killing the cat, and then one who played Betty in this episode. I thought it was fine. It's it's kind of, I don't know, didn't give me much to it. So Archie's, it's- like, strumming his guitar, sadly, and he thinks back to kissing Betty, and then Betty is, like, reading her diaries through this whole episode, and, and it's, it's a just, lot of just... It's weird that she has been, like, I feel like most people are not so diligent with keeping a diary, but even if they are, like, is it normal to keep all of your diaries? I mean, I keep all my diaries. Now, my diaries are much more basically just like journals. I have a lot of like what everyday journal or, or I will take a notebook with me when I go on vacation somewhere. Like if I went to Europe, so I'd write down like on this day, I did this, this and this. But there's not really an, any emotion behind my diaries. I don't write, I was sad today. I just write, oh, I, I hung out with some friends. You know, it's, it's like very bullet point. Saw this movie, ran this marathon. Here was my time. That's it. Like I, I don't have, there's no, I, I never wrote diaries in that way. I probably have one from when I was in maybe middle school, but that's about it. But yeah, she was very diligent and very... Like, we've seen all of her diaries before. We knew she, she had, had them. She has a lot of diaries for someone who's, like, 17. Yeah. So she had a lot of diaries. Also, presumably, she stopped writing in her diaries when this show started in high school. So these are all from elementary school or middle school. So, hey, anyway. I think she probably still is writing diaries. Well, I don't I mean, when I was in second grade, which based on context of when they said that when she was in second grade was when Archie had proposed to her after she helped him not be held back in first grade or whatever it was. Most people in second grade can't write full, well-written sentences in the same way that she was. Like her, I don't know, all the diaries she was reading I thought were supposed to be from different times. Like some were in middle yeah, school. Yeah, but they all seemed the, school, same. They the same. Yeah, that's a big miss for the writers on this one. And I will <laughs> nitpick, so. I just feel like second grade Betty would be like, Archie is cute. Archie is so Today was cute. Fun. I like him <laughs> so much. And he proposed to me, but I told him to wait until we're older. Yeah, so anyway, so she, Alex, comes in and is talking about going to Yale and stuff. I'm still confused of how she got into Yale considering she had that like quiz show scandal. Did that ever, I'm, let's just pretend that when the whole I don't think Stonewall Yale cares about a quiz show scandal. I want to know, doesn't Jughead get a spot back? Well, no, but I mean the quiz show scandal had, had her kicked out of high school for multiple weeks. You don't think college cares about that? Oh, I mean, she was just, she was suspended. I feel like that's okay. something you could like wash over. Right. We don't know if Jughead's going to Yale I don't think he is, but he's whatever. not graduating high school. He won't even. He, we didn't even see his binder this episode, not one time. Yep. So they go to the bang bunker, Betty and Archie, and they're both like super creepy. They're just like, laying. Jughead's working late. Veronica's working late. They're just laying on a bed together, like kind of touching, but kind of not touching. This is not how people hang out. It's weird. Yeah. Archie's like, we're not doing anything. We're just hanging out. I'm like, hanging out in secret in a bang bunker with candles all around you laying on a tiny bed. That's not hanging out for platonic people. Like, it's stupid. Yeah, they both say that they're in love with their significant others, but that it's nice hanging out. They hold hands. Archie goes to his dad's grave and is like, Dad, I'm trying to follow my heart, but I have no idea where it's pointing. Betty's at school reading more diaries. The stuff about second grade when Archie proposed. Betty gets called to the principal office for a very pointless subplot where she's apparently in charge of the yearbook. Yeah, at some point she agreed to that, I guess. Could not tell you when. I just want to say, 
in the year 2019 and 2020. You don't hand people printouts of photos for the yearbook. You get digital copies. In 2010, when I was on the yearbook committee, you did digital copies. Yes, I was also on the yearbook committee in 2008, and we also had digital copies. So yeah, you know what? Digital is a thing. Sorry, guys. It's been a thing. Archie writes a song about Betty. We don't hear much of it at this point. Just mostly strumming. It's so awkward. Betty reads more of her diaries. Archie and Betty were listening to records when they were a kid, and they held hands. And Archie comes in and is like, I want to help you with the yearbook. And she's like, no, I can't stop thinking about you, but let's wait until tomorrow night to meet so we can be sure this is what we want. I definitely thought that this was going to intersect with Jughead and he was going to like find them in the bunker. Well, and that's what I thought. The other thing too is it's like if you're trying to make a decision and you're like, you know what? I really want to do this, but I know that we should wait a day. That means you already know it's not the right decision to make. Well, also, I think there is absolutely no reason why you couldn't like, look, if you're contemplating being with someone else and you really feel like you can't stop thinking about them and you're in love with them, etc., then you should probably have a conversation with your significant other and end that relationship first before you move forward. I mean, ideally, yes. I I just think the correct answer is not let me potentially kiss Archie again to see if it feels right before I break up with this other person. Like, you've already cheated on him once. I don't know. Yeah. That's just my opinion. So, Betty reads another diary while she's at school. It was about how Cheryl made Archie kiss her at school because they have red hair hair and how she hates Cheryl. Cheryl comes in. She... uh, Maybe this was the entire reason that they had to have the yearbook thing because Cheryl wanted... Needed an excuse to come see her. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. She could have just walked by the door and been like, you look sad. I don't know. But she wants two pages for the yearbook, which is nice because she wants a page for Jason. I think that's fair. Seems fine. I mean... Though I'm pretty sure Jason already graduated, but it's Yeah, it's weird the way that it's done. So Cheryl steals the diary and she's like, haha, I knew you weren't just pretending to date Archie. And then Cheryl, coming in here with some words of wisdom, says, you know, you've just been in love with the idea of Archie. It's a fantasy. You and Jughead actually found each other during a difficult time. And that's why you're endgame, which is the same argument that I make for why people dating on The Bachelor when they're put in like perfect circumstances and you have an amusement park to yourself and you're going to go on a helicopter. Why those don't necessarily last as much as relationships that meet on even just other reality shows that are more difficult and stressful because you were already saw each other at a more stressful time rather than a like quote unquote perfect time. Anyway, and then she says, you guys are endgame. Which is the exact thing that Molly said to Archie about Veronica last season. It's also the same thing that Veronica said to Archie at one point, I remember, because they were, you know, Avengers Endgame. Yes. In the in the bunker, Archie plays the song he wrote for her, and oh, you bet I wrote down these lyrics. Oh, no. <laughs> the snow morning when everything changes. Snow morning? Okay. I, I don't know what that means. I don't either. You let down your guard, and I saw something strange. We're getting a flashback while he's playing this of her, I think, in episode two, shortly after he said that he didn't love her, and she's trying to listen to him play the guitar, but she's kind of sad, and then, like, leaves lunch. It was back when they used to have lunch outside. We never see that anymore. Yeah, they don't eat anymore. No. I thought, she's not made for this world, and neither am I, because you make me, and then it gets cut off. She cuts him off, and she's like, hey, I feel like we just feel safe together, and that's why we're comfortable, but everything's 
changing and I don't want to lose or hurt Jughead. And he's like, I don't want to lose or hurt Veronica. And she's like, this is over. I still feel like she should tell Jughead about the kiss. I feel like he's going to find out at some point. Probably next yeah, episode. Yeah, I, I think that he definitely will find out. But I think it's going to be not that big of a deal in light of everything else that's going on. I definitely feel like Archie and Veronica could break up. Maybe not forever, but for a little while. Because I do think this episode was showing us that Betty is reading her diaries. She had a past with Archie that she's reflecting on. She had feelings from him for years. He was just friends with her. He didn't love her for years. And he's starting to like her now for whatever reason. And I just think that, you know, he talks about, he, he talks to his mom about wanting to get serious about the Naval Academy. And I feel like he wants a fresh start because this isn't his choice. Like, I think if Betty had said, let's be together, I think he would have broken up with Veronica to be with her. Yeah, I think it's a situation where everything Betty is looking at with regards to Archie is in the past tense and his is all future tense. And that's a really good call. Yeah, so I feel like this could definitely be a plot point at some point. Maybe Archie talks to Betty and is like, "Uh, you know, Betty, I can't stop thinking about the kiss, whatever. Somehow Jughead's going to find out about it and hear about it. I just think that that's, that's potentially something that could happen. But, you know, I've also said a lot of things about that could happen because I think for the first time we need to maybe reconcile that maybe there's not a camera in the Veronica portrait because that has had no, has not come to fruition. Nope, there's a camera there and I will not hear otherwise because if there isn't a camera there, that's the dumbest thing they've ever done. So I have to accept that there is a a camera there. Uh, It's it's just the way it has to be. Yeah. So we see Betty burn her diaries and Alice tells her not to burn them. They're her childhood memories and they're precious. I would like to point out that last season, Alice was burning Betty's diaries. Just just or gonna throw them out or something i'm pretty sure she she was gonna burn them them in the exact same room and yes uh she lets betty keep one diary because it's okay to have like a little bit so here like this is something i was thinking about when i was watching the episode (sighs) you know i can see what they're saying because i've i I was thinking about this a little bit more in terms of like relationships that people have and you know i I think it's pretty normal maybe i don't know about for everybody but for girls a lot of the times when you're in a relationship you save stuff you save you know maybe you they gave you flowers and you hang them upside down and you dry them out and you still have them maybe they wrote you a letter when you were long distance at one point and you still have maybe have pictures together or just like a little knickknack that that they gave you you know you have these these things these physical objects that don't really mean anything in particular but you save them maybe put them in a box whatever and then there's a time where maybe the relationship ends and you have to think about do i keep this stuff or do i get rid of it some people burn it some people throw it away some people put it in the closet in the back of their you know whatever some people decide you know what it's fine i can keep this stuff no big deal and there's there's no right answer to this. I do think that like like if you have pictures, like for me, for example, all of the big events of my high school and college career were with my ex-boyfriend. My graduations from both my proms, my, you know, homecoming, my school trips, a lot just pictures with my friends, vacations with my family, they're in them. I know that when I go to some of my relatives' houses, there are pictures hanging up on the wall that this person is in because we did family events together and they're in our family photos. What are you going to do? And I don't think it's right to say like, oh, everyone needs to take these down necessarily. I'm assuming that this is not a relationship that like ended in some kind of horrid disaster. But Yeah, like I can't ask my sister to take down wedding photos that have my ex-boyfriend in them. 
no right exactly so so that you know that that's like I know that there's exceptions to the rule but you know there are literally pictures at my parents house and and I don't think it bothers me because if you think about it as this was the past this was a happy memory it's just not a present memory it's in the past and that's fine but I also feel like and this is where I side with Betty if this is something that's going to be destructive to your life and you're going to pine over and you're going to feel like I think sometimes people think of pining like the the desire to reread those letters or diaries as oh I should still be with this person or whatever but it's not necessarily the case it's just making you sad and if there's something that you have feel free to get rid of it and I think that you at some point need to separate it might help you to move on it might help you to focus on where you're at I like I I have certain things that I have kept but a lot of stuff when my relationship ended I threw away I realized you know in the long run it's not going to be beneficial for me to keep these objects or these memories because I can remember that they gave them to me but I don't you know how am I supposed to move on in my life if I just have this huge box of stuff that I have to keep taking around with me maybe maybe you take it home and you put it in your parents basement you know that's fine but I don't know I uh I just can't I simply can't relate to having you know physical objects to remind of a relationship so uh it's nice to get that insight from someone who does okay you never had like letters or, or like a, you know no and I've only ever been given flowers my co-workers got me flowers when my mom died a family friend sent me flowers when I didn't get voted into Big Brother Canada and on my 18th birthday some friends got me flowers I have never been given flower as so much as flowers by a boy in my life I don't get I'll send you gifts oh but it's it's not just about flowers. like I think it's not always about gifts I was just a very sentimental person I was the kind of person that would be like oh we went to this restaurant before prom I'm gonna save the embroidered napkin from this restaurant or whatever you know or the whatever the thing may be I'm gonna keep this it's a memory we went on a cruise I'm gonna keep this the shells from the trip we went to the beach it's not necessarily gifts it's just things you collect over time that remind you of the person you gotta spend time with your significant other to have memories like that okay well whatever and this is a tangent that nobody cared about but I wanted to talk about don't care about Kirsten's uh, inability to have intimate relationships no Uh. my rant about about (laughs) getting rid of objects I I was just saying like I do think that I think it's both ways I think you don't need to purge everything but I also feel like you know if if it's going to consume your life thinking about those things and rereading those diaries then yeah get rid of them yeah and everything has a line like I I feel like there's a stigma when you break up where people say like oh you can't don't mention that person because your friends or your family are just gonna think that you're still thinking about them pining after them and I'm like don't feel like you need to hide from your your past but also recognize that there is a line and maybe if you are thinking about them all the time you need a you need a cleanse so okay let's talk about Jughead who had his own plot for once for once I wrote Jughead I didn't write Jughead and Betty yeah so so this is where the episode actually starts is where Betty Jughead Charles Alice and FP are watching the tape with the Jughead and Betty masks which apparently was dropped off at the sheriff's station so it wasn't which I don't know if we have that confirmed like it easily could have been slipped into a box in the bunker at any point Betty is like I don't want to be involved in this and it's like uh there was a mask of your face you already are yeah I was a little confused of why she didn't want to do the mystery thing I think she truly was more torn about the Archie and just like didn't want to spend time with Jughead at the moment and was conflicted yeah she's like no more no more mysteries I want you to play an acoustic guitar there's a couple (laughs) weird there's like several weird moments that I felt like if this was a murder mystery or whatever a mystery movie that we were supposed to pay attention to like it seemed weird that they put the time to have Jellybean come in but we're like no you need to leave because this video is disturbing it's Mm -hmm. NC-17 when like they had finished watching it they didn't continue watching it it just seemed weird that they had to have her come in it seems weird that they did a very close up on the tape 
tape that clearly showed that it had a previous label on it, that this was something that was scratched out, and then that the label was covered up, or the label was scratched out so you couldn't see what it was. I thought that was going to come back. There's a lot of stuff. I'm just going to say up front, I thought that this plot line, and maybe it maybe it could be true, we'll find out next episode, I still think that Charles is the bad here. I think he he's the one leaving these tapes, he's the one who seemed to be sort of setting Ethel up the whole episode, but then also Ethel clearly was involved in certain areas, so I don't know if we're ever going to get the answer to, like, I feel like the smart thing for the show to do would have been to have Charles be the bad guy and trying to set someone up, and, and we, this is yeah. a red herring, but the red herring also paid off, so I don't, I don't know. And how many more episodes will we have Wyatt Nash for? I Well, I mean, I, I hope, like, a, he's fine. He's not bothering me, and if he's going to be a good guy, that's fine, too, but make up your mind. Like, he's clearly not a bad guy with Chick, unless he is, and, well, I don't know. Yeah, we need to know what's going on with that. Anyways, so, Jackie goes to talk to Ethel, because he, like, recognizes her from something in one of the tapes. Well, that was also weird, because he's like, I think I saw someone, but I want to investigate this on my own. And so, I paused the video and went back. I did not see Ethel in that clip, but what I did see was static on the video that looked like someone had tampered with it, is what it looked like. But I'm still confused of how he, I mean, maybe I just missed it. Maybe it was Ethel. I mean, I would be lying if I said that I had an answer for you. But so Jackie goes to talk to Ethel. Ethel's like, look, I didn't make any tapes. I didn't drop off any tapes of you and Betty. I just want to get out of Riverdale alive. And that's, I think, fair. Yes. Um, apparently, Jug and Charcoals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I was going to ignore that. So they're having a discussion about how the fact that it's on VHS makes it seem like this is a filmmaker, a film buff, not a voyeur, which I think is an insane assumption to make because I feel like if someone's a voyeur and they want to get into filming and scaring people, they are going to do that with whatever technology is available to them. They're not going to be like, ah, only the best VHS for my crimes. It's just insane. So yes, this reminds me so much of the like Gargoyle King stuff last season where it was like, oh, we found this letter that led us to the Maple Club, that led us to Penelope, that led us to like, it was all this stuff, but then it kind of like didn't serve a purpose. So they go to Blue Velvet Records, Blue Velvet movie by David Lynch. No, sorry, Blue Velvet Blue video. Velvet video. Blue, and it whatever. is like a terrifying VHS store, like for movie rentals. And the guy who owns it is a big old creep. He's very open with his records, though. He hands them a giant binder and he goes, uh, every customer gets their own page. There's a column for what they check out. There's a column for when they take it, a column for when they return it. And Jughead's like, oh, old school. I like it. Which is annoying, but to be expected with Jughead because he's weird. Yeah, don't you feel like if Jughead was not the one investigating this, he'd be like a prime suspect? Yeah, the the idea <laughs> that Jughead doesn't already know what this is is very fake to me. Like Jughead probably like why didn't he why doesn't he have a part time job there? He spent all his time at the drive in movies, and he throughout season one and two was always quoting movies. Like he's a huge cinephile. I I'm surprised that he didn't know that the school had an AV club. I wonder if my school had an av club mm, mine probably i just don't know didn't but i think they might now because they do stuff i don't know but they, they had like did school news like the school morning announcements yeah on video. I, I feel like that would be done by the av club probably anyway ethel has taken out the movie friday the 13th 16 times just too many times turns out she's obsessed with horror movies and charles would have been funnier if it was 13 times i don't know okay it's fine what if it was 69 times well, then that 
that's pure comedy. Why is someone checking out a tape? Like, how's it just don't? Can't you burn tapes? Right? Whatever. It's not. Whatever. Oh, okay. my God. So, Charles is like, wow, this Ethel girl seems like a suspect. Like, you told me she's obsessed with you, right? And Jughead's like, no, it's not her. She's in a good place. She's innocent. Leave it. And then Charles is like, okay, yeah, we'll leave it. Which, to me, is, like, the biggest indication that Charles is the bad guy here. Because why is he listening to him? Well, all signs pointed to him setting her up. Like, I I could try to figure out. I mean, first off, it'd be super easy. Like, when Jughead confronted her the first time, why did he think that she had given the tape? Was it just because she was the only person who had a connection to the two of them that came? I mean, didn't Cheryl also get a tape? Didn't Veronica also get a a tape? I mean, I guess you just trust those people more. Well, everybody in the town got a tape. Yeah, I'm just not really sure. They were watching the footage of people dropping off the tapes to the sheriff office, and I'm I, it would be so easy for anyone else to just slip in a tape. I mean, Charles got them from the sheriff's office. Sheriff's office. He could have easily put an extra tape in there at any point. I, I still think he's the prime suspect here, and I think that he was jumping on, oh, let's make Ethel the bad guy, when I think maybe, maybe the truth is that Ethel really was, it was just circumstantial. She happens to be the president of the AV club. She happens to like video. She happens to be obsessed with Jughead and creepy, and Charles was just jumping on that, being like, yeah, let's try to make her the bad guy. Here's the weird part, though. So Ethel has the sex tape on Jughead and Betty. Yeah, in her room, and it is called Ponytail Playmate. Right, this is where I was going to talk about Brett in that, because, you know, he he always called Betty Ponytail, and so I thought it was funny that he clearly named it that. That's really all I had to say about Brett. I (laughs) could have sworn that a couple episodes ago, when the tapes were found at the school, that Jughead and Betty, like, found the one with their name on it and smashed it. So was this a copy of the tape? I mean, obviously, the tapes were distributed, so I think that there's multiple copies of all of the tapes. Yeah, so the this is why I'm confused. It's like, so she has this tape that leads them to the sketchy back room called the Scarlet Suite, surprised that Cheryl doesn't own it, in the back of Blue Velvet that has like sex tapes, homemade stuff, snuff films, which was not a thing I knew existed. I mean, like I'd heard the word, but I didn't know what it meant. And so is, is this is the flaw in Charles being the one to like set Ethel up is like there clearly is this back room of tape stuff. Is this just completely like also a creepy thing that's happening, but completely unrelated well, to the voyeur Riverdale has a serious issue with VHS tape creeps. Like, the idea that there could be multiple options here is insane. Did Charles just get lucky that uh, this was part of it? Or did Charles know knew that this place existed? Point out Ethel as being the suspect. I mean, I just feel like Charles would definitely know this exists because there's probably tapes of Chick there. Oh, that's, that's very possible because Chick was into that kind of thing too. So, yeah, maybe Charles... Okay, th- this is the way that I feel like maybe the show will go, maybe it won't, but I feel like this is the smartest solution. Charles, he's really a bad guy. He's in love with Chick. He wants to destroy the family. There's definitely something going on with him that they set up at the beginning of the season, trying to break up the relationship between Betty and Polly and separate Polly more from the family. Mm -hmm. He was definitely tapping their phones, which I I definitely think was happening. He may... We don't know what him and Chick are planning on doing. I'd have to go back and rewatch that scene with them and hear, like, what information is conveyed there. I just remember 
remember them being like, oh, I love you, but I don't remember what else in particular they talked about. Yeah. It seems like, Ch- you know, Charles is worming his way into the family. It- it's hard because he also does a lot of stuff that helps them, but he also led that that class that was sort of showing Betty that she could be a potentially bad guy, and then he also apparently has those serial killer genes. Probably he's the one dropping off the tape. So he goes to this town, discovers this backroom store. Maybe Chick tells him about it because maybe Chick used to sell tapes there. I don't know. It could be something like that. Yeah. So he discovers this backroom store, discovers that Ethel frequents it, tries to set Ethel up with being on this very ridiculously long con of multiple times filming a bunch of people's houses, decides to slip in a creepy tape, blame Ethel for it, and then and then also like blame Ethel for it to link them back to the creepy tape store to blame the creepy tape store on it. I'm not like I'm not sure what the point is yet, what he's doing, but I definitely think it's him. Yeah, and I am just very confused about it myself. Like, why? Why is this happening? Why is it happening in this way? That's, I don't know. That's what I don't understand. I'm worried we're not going to get a clean solution. The good thing is that Riverdale seasons in the past have tended to wrap up the main plot line a couple episodes before the, well, at least one episode before the season finale, assuming that the season finale was originally going to be around 22 episodes, 21 episodes. I don't know. We're going to get an episode next week. That's going to be the last one for the season, but we'll see. So yeah, so they go to the, they go check out this store and they find out that there's also a video on there that's a snuff film of Clifford shooting Jason. Yeah, it's it's like the actual film. Yeah, it's weird that it was there. Now let's think who has this film. I know Betty had it at one point, and I think she made a copy, and I think she still has it. But she said that the she copies gave were it destroyed, to Cheryl. and she gave I thought she gave all of the final copies to Cheryl at one point. So I'm not sure how this tape got out unless Cheryl is the bad here so then conveniently at the same time Betty links back up with Jughead and they're like oh the dream team is back together again we're gonna solve more mysteries and they get a call from Cheryl who received a tape that is very similar to the one that Jughead got Mm -hmm. but this time it's two people in masks one I I was actually confused it was hard for me to tell if one was supposed to be Jason and one was supposed to be FP but I think it's supposed to be Jason and Clifford yeah and at first I was like oh is that Jason or is it Archie yes because red-haired people because like well, no, with the masks in that style, it's yeah. hard to tell. Like, obviously, if I see the actor who plays Jason and the actor who plays Archie next to each other, I can see that they look different. But those masks are really hard to tell apart if there's not, like, a clear distinguishing feature. Yeah, it was definitely difficult to tell. So, yeah. Yeah, so that happened. And that's the end of the episode. So we kind of talked about all of our theories through that. Do you have any other theories? Uh, no, I don't. I don't know. I'm just, there are so many times when we've come up with these clever solutions and then it ends up being something else. Yeah. Couple questions. Paramecium records, is that a play on anything? Um, What does paramecium mean? I'm trying to think of like what the like big record like places are called. There's, there's Paris, is there periscope record? Yeah, but that's, I mean, paramecium is like, let's see, plan nine. That's not really. When I search it, it's just all local. So that's hard to. Paramecium is a single celled freshwater animal that has a characteristic slipper like shape. Just a weird name for a record store. Not sure. If you know, let us know if there's if this is a close but no cigar we're missing out on are we gonna count maple claw as a close but no cigar um, probably yes it's like the item is not a close but no cigar but the name is the name is and it's like clearly meant to be that kind of thing yes i'm surprised they didn't call
call it Captain Maple. Uh, that would be better. The title of the episode, Lynchian, we kind of already talked about. I don't know if there's necessarily like a movie or something named Lynchian, but it's clearly a play on David Lynch. It's possible that there is one. Just listen to the Jughead voiceover and, and follow that. So for the most normal person of the week, I have a very strong argument for who I think it Please is. Please provide it. I definitely by far think it's Cheryl this episode. She sees that the maple rum business is dangerous and is like, yeah, I'm going to get out of this. Mm-hmm. And then just like very civilly quits. And then she gives Betty some really good relationship advice and tells her, hey, maybe don't cheat on people. And also think about the fact that this is all just a fantasy with Archie and that you actually have a real good thing going on. So let's just yeah, I I mean, I can't think of anyone else who could even be a candidate. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think that Betty necessarily did anything completely wrong. I would say that the like lying in the bunker with Archie is creepy, but and not something that two people who are not dating should do. But I, I mean, like it is a normal, a normal thing to have those feelings and to be a teenager. So I, I don't think she necessarily did anything. It's weird to like live in your diaries from middle school, though. Yeah, I guess. And then I, to like I, burn I them. Right. So I, I mean, I think she I, I think Cheryl was more normal. Archie also like not particularly abnormal this episode. No one was like crazy abnormal except for the tickle plot people. I mean, I feel like everything was abnormal. Right. We also kind of skipped over this at the end of the plot. You know, Honey shows up at this record store at the very end, which also makes me think that maybe he's the big bad guy. Yeah, it's like he found out about the tickle stuff because he like rented a video of it is the impression I got, even though it's is, supposed okay. to be on a website behind a paywall. Interesting. I assumed that it was something more like he just knows about this type of thing because he's interested in some kind of sketchy content of some sorts. And so maybe that would that would be why I, I'm not 100% sure. Maybe it's just more of something where it's like the one side of him feels like everything needs to be completely morally straight. And that's why he's all can't sing Hedwig. And that's why he's telling these people they need to take down the site. But at the same time, he's got this, you know, creepy vice on the side. I, I'm not sure. We'll find out if he's a bad guy. I would hate for him to be the bad guy after being the most normal person. Like, the whole re- I mean, honestly, it would be very fitting for him to be the real bad guy because it just goes to show you that true darkness can lurk within anybody and you should always be yes. suspicious of people. Principal Honey has won the most normal person four times this season. I would just like yep. to point that and out. And I'm pretty sure there was at least one other time that I was fighting for it and you said, no, he won it too many times. And well, I-, I gave him an honorable mention that time, so I'm counting that. JB has won twice. Mary Andrews has won twice. Wow. Kevin has won twice. Brett won twice. <laughs> There's been a lot of that. Wow. Uh, Pop won once, Hermosa. And then there was all the ones where we gave it to very, very small characters like Hot Take Caretaker Darius and Mad Dog. There was nobody else to give it to. Yeah. Okay. So I say Cheryl. Yeah, I co-sign. Good. Strong episode from her. Uh, also, every time, I think I mentioned this last time, but the times that Honey won, it was <laughs> Principal Honey, Principal Honey Mussolini, and I have principles much like Honey. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway. You... Okay. I definitely mentioned this last episode. You think I'm fine. too funny, I think. <laughs> I do. I think it's funny. Okay. That was great. Well, I have nothing else to say. I feel like we've talked for a long time. It, it, you know, it probably hasn't been that long. I think what you, some people may not know is at least like 20 to 30 minutes gets cut out of almost every podcast. Not Maybe not quite that much. We've got an hour and 19 minutes right now and probably you'll look down and go, oh, no, Mary, it's been 50 minutes and that's because I cut a lot of stuff out. Also, we talked for anything. a full hour beforehand and if you want yeah. that 
that footage, you will have to become a $100 patron. Yes. Feel free. Do we have any, like, new reviews or anything? We do. Thank you for reminding me. So we have a review. Jeff the Cannon. Oh. Okay. Who says, love the pod. I'm a couple weeks behind on the podcast and just listened to Kirsten shame the audience into leaving five-star reviews at the end of the 4.15 episode. Sorry, season four, episode 15 episode. So this is me doing my part. I started watching Riverdale after the R-A-A-N-A-P episode. So thank you for introducing me to this fever dream of a show. And then it says, from Victoria. Victoria, why is your name Jeff the Cannon? <laughs> I mean, but maybe they're from Victoria, like the location. Oh, maybe you're from Victoria. Maybe your name is Jeff, but you're from Victoria. Oh, but well, no, they're not in the, it's not in the Canadian store, so. No. Well, anyways, just Jeff or Victoria. Or Victoria. Or whatever <laughs> your real name is. Let it be. Thank you for leaving a review when I shamed you. I appreciate you. Everyone should be more like Jeff slash Victoria. We appreciate all of our listeners. Especially the ones who leave us five-star reviews. Right. We repeat, we appreciate them the most by far. We also pre- appreciate all of our people who tweet at us. Couple Had a couple thoughts on Twitter. Gregory McBean, as always, says that he liked the Mike Bloom podcast. If you haven't listened to the Mike Bloom podcast yet, what, what are, are you, you doing? Waiting Mike's great. <laughs> Come yes. on, guys. And if your thought is, I already heard you guys podcast about season three, don't worry. We mostly don't talk about season three, so you'll be fine. Yeah. We talk about lots of stuff. Okay. Gregory McBean also says, an entire episode about tickling with a little throw upy face barfy face i'm not sure vomit face yeah it's how we all felt when we found out also i believe it was i think tom palmer also brought this up i would like to say again for the record i live in canada i cannot watch the episode until thursday please do not tweet spoilers about riverdale on wednesday night at me please 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 just wait until thursday I, I kind of, I, Tom, I'm going to be on your side. I disagree. Because here's the thing. I don't care if I get spoiled on Riverdale. I, so the thing I is, follow is that these like, people. I, I don't care about spoilers so much as like when I hear something like, oh, it's a full episode about tickling. It's like, oh, great. Now I have to watch something about tickling. And it just like makes it harder to watch to then podcast. And I just don't want to know. I don't know. Wait till Thursday I, night. If I haven't watched it by Thursday night, I deserve to be spoiled. I, I will say tweet at me anyway or tag Kowski cast in it and I because I'd still like to see them I'd rather them tweet at me and spoil me than not tweet at all Tom says probably not a hot take at this point but I'm on Mr. Honey's side about pretty much everything he's genuinely the best adult in the show and I hope he's not the voyeur and then <laughs> a couple minutes later he just tweeted ugh yeah. <laughs> so that, was funny. <laughs> that is funny but I, I do I do agree that for the most part he is one of the more normal parents on the show mm, I mean I'd say Sheriff Keller is relatively normal. He hasn't been on the show in like (laughs) eight years. Yeah, it's really Which bad. is truly the most normal trait of all. We just completely glossed over it, but how surprised were you to see Ethel back this episode? I am never surprised anymore by them just like trotting out an old character for five minutes. They do this too much. I, it just made me think like, what do they do with this actress? Are they like, oh, we don't need you for 10 episodes. Oh, hey, can you come back real quick? <laughs> do you think they just have her come in and film like a bunch of scenes for like multiple episodes in like a spur? I, or, I like, think this might... This 
might be the only time she's been on this season. Oh. Yeah, I, you, I think you might be right. I don't remember seeing Ethel. At, she had a couple plot points last season, but anyway. Okay, and then Tom says, what are the Mount Rushmore of Riverdale subplots? And then he says, or rank these four. So let me hear the four real quick. Okay. The Rocket, mm-hmm. <laughs> Haunted Dolls, Tickle Porn, or the Tangerine plotline. What's the Tangerine? The, the fuging oh, thing. The Betty thing. Okay, hold on. Are there any? Wait, let me just think real quick. Are there any that I think top those though for some um, points? I mean, those are those are all from this season. At yeah, the very least. I mean, Archie goes to jail. Um, Archie becomes like a criminal to work with Hiram. I think top Mount. Okay, I, okay. Out of these four, so for season four, rank them. I mean, I would say I would say the Haunted Doll was the worst out of these four. Yeah. I mean, what are we ranking them in terms of what's I mean, the craziest? I mean, <laughs> it's so hard to rank these because I hate them all so much. I hate them all, but if you're ranking them in terms of like what's the most normal, I've got to say, this might be a hot take, but I think Tickle Porn's the most normal. Hey, I'm the one who put Kevin as the most normal person on the Tickle Porn episode. I'm with you on this. If I, like, I mean, tickling is like weird and gross, but if I could fully clothed be tickled and make envelopes of cash, I would do that. The way Kevin and Fangs describe it is that it's more of an endurance sport because you're like supposed to see who can laugh you're like trying or not, not laugh to laugh longest. i don't know i don't know I t- like that... being t- i'm so glad that i'm at a for so much of your life people feel they're allowed to just like tickle you especially when you're like a woman or like a, a young girl people it's like oh yeah tickle this child and it's weird and it's like someone is invading your space but you're supposed to just laugh and not be uncomfortable about it and it's like such a weird thing that yeah like it's horrible like you're saying like you don't nobody enjoy like i mean I, i'm sure there are some people who enjoy it but like in general it's not like an enjoyable experience to not have control like over your body i don't enjoy it but okay so i will say of all the plot like the smaller subplots like archie going in jail was a relatively big one like i'm not gonna say that the griffins and gargoyles king is a subplot like of the really small ones i'd say up on the mount rushmore archie gets mauled by a bear that's on yeah that's on definitely that's on mount rushmore i love that just trying to think i feel like the was there any crazy one from season one? I mean, what, what was going on with like the Blossoms? Like, I feel like there was one where it was like the Blossom family trying to get Archie to join their family. Ooh, what they bribing him to be Cheryl's boyfriend. Boyfriend? Like, that's a pretty crazy that's one. That's crazy. Just, I'm, I'm just trying to think of like, which was the crazy, like, that's probably the craziest from season one. From season two, uh, the I would say, I don't remember if this was season two or season three. I think it was season two. One of my top ones is Nick St. Clair comes back and kidnaps Archie. And then Be- Veronica has to to pay money. That is, I'm pretty sure season two, that's a good one. The riots are also. That's another good like one. Like a really good one from yeah. season two. Oh, season three, the whole plot line where the Jones family has to like fight Penny Peabody. Yeah. And play Griffins and Gargoyles. That one's pretty crazy. Yeah, that one is crazy. And then uh, season four, uh, Betty getting into Yale because her boyfriend died. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is crazy when you say it like that that or i mean the rocket has much better visuals but the haunted doll plotline was like the most insane thing i feel like the rocket feels like it was so much longer ago than it was because it was like episode two like it feels like it was a year ago but that's also because the last (sighs) month has felt like a year and a half it really has so okay this has been a long drawn on episode i don't know let me just double check and see if there are any more tweets tweets baby Uh, tweets riverdale tweets tom palmer telling us to buckle up that's that's yep that's typical that he could say that every week he can say that every week that's just classic uh, 
Gregory McBean also team 100% team honey this episode. Well, until the end. Until the end. I don't know if he actually will. Let me see. There is a reply. Oh, that's Tom Palmer. You guys, look, I just love this. I don't know. It's the community. Community. And then uh, some people talking about how awesome the Mike Bloom podcast is. And like I want to say again, y'all listen to the Mike Bloom podcast. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's great. Listen to the Mike Bloom podcast, guys. Yeah. Listen to it. Enjoy. Leave us reviews. If you left a review already, I'm not going to judge. Leave us another review. Join our Twitter friends and tweet at us with your thoughts. That's always fun. Yeah. Pay us attention. <laughs> pay us attention. Yeah. yeah. Good times. Anyway, okay. I think that's all for this week's episode. <laughs> Yeah, so... Uh, this podcast almost ended about three times. Okay, anyway, so that's it for this week. So if you want to connect with us, make sure you check out KowskiCast.com. That's oh, cow with a right. K. Follow us the at KowskiCast. You can follow Mary at Frail Mary on every platform. And you can follow me on every platform at Kirsten Said What. If you want to hear me be really angry, but not at you guys for once, check out the Terran Survivor update from this past week over on the Reality TV Rehap-Ups because I got real mad at the Legacy Watch and uh, you guys seem to like it when I'm I'm mad. Mary, is there is there anything else that we missed? Sorry that I forgot that there was another <laughs> way. We were just, I thought it just ended. I Look, I have it written down, but I forgot. Sorry. I, was, I just kept waiting for you to say it and I was like, she's not yeah. she's not saying yeah. it. So I was like, I gotta jump in. I don't know. What else, is, what else is going on? Not much. I just, you know, people, if you have recommendations, reach out. Should I watch Outer Banks? I don't know. Maybe. I watched one episode I gave it like a 5.5 out of 10 so I, maybe I should keep going people tell me it gets great but I just don't know should I watch that or too hot to handle probably too hot to handle right what's going on I look I'm just trying to decide what I'm supposed to do I don't get to talk to people very often Mary's just this, having like an existential time. crisis about what to watch on Netflix when like we tried to end this podcast like 20 minutes ago Mary we can talk about recommendations but if you rated something a 5.5 out of 10 please just watch Never Have have I ever because it is better uh, and here's the thing I'm not trying to give recommendations I'm asking for them yeah well we could talk about it later I'll give you recommendations now okay I'll is watch, there I'll when is the next Riverdale. episode of Riverdale oh good point I'm pretty sure it's next week <laughs> <laughs> Riverdale Wait, see here's the problem is I I talk to you about stuff but I forget that I have not necessarily conveyed that on the podcast <laughs> season four of Riverdale yes episode 19 Chapter 76, Killing Mr. Honey. Well, that's an oh, ominous no. title. Wait, what in the world? This one is directed by Machen Amick. This this next episode. Ooh. That's fun. So so when does it air? That, that's cool. Uh, Sorry, I just that, that was fun. That airs on May 6th. So yeah, on, on Wednesday. Okay, cool. So uh, I guess that means that we'll catch everybody uh, next week, eh? And I think that's going to be the last episode of the season. So after that, we're going to have some more season one, probably. And two. Yeah. Also, remember everyone, we mentioned this at the top, feel free to try to get, you know, go ahead and flood the flood the people's Twitters with recommendations of who you want to watch Riverdale with us and come on the podcast. Hell yeah. So if you have any requests, let us know. And that's all. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Ah, only the best VHS for my crimes.